Hi, and you're listening to the Mind Fruit Podcast, bringing you mental health and well-being promotion to help you live your best life. All information discussed on this podcast is research and evidence-based. However, is ultimately the opinions of the Mind Fruit Podcast. And this is not a substitute to seeking professional medical advice. Hi guys, hope you're all doing okay. It's just me today. Fran isn't feeling 100%. And we've got to practice what we preach. If you aren't feeling it, then you just aren't feeling it. We're not perfect either. And we've got to just do what we've got to do for our own health, haven't we? So I've been wanting to address this um, COVID-19 and lockdown. um, Just because it's had such a big impact on everyone's lives I don't know anybody who hasn't been affected by it. A lot of people would say, oh, well, I'm a bit of a boring person anyway. But you've got to be lying if if this hasn't affected anybody around the world. You know, this has just changed our lives completely almost overnight, unless you lived in Sweden or a place where it didn't really affect society. And I think most of it, especially the lockdown, as much as people try and defend it, none of us have had a a very good time adjusting to it and adjusting to all the rules and regulations and changes and restrictions. The whole coronavirus thing and COVID hit me and Fran quite slowly. We were in Thailand at the time. We met up with one of my friends who lives over there and... He was saying, well, the stock market's just crashed. You know, we're we're in for a bit of a rough ride with this one. He'd just watched the um, Joe Rogan podcast with Michael Osterholm. And he's pre- predicted it's going to change the world. And me and Fran were laughing our heads off. You know, you hear of bird flu, swine flu, SARS, Ebola. Just another one of those passive frenzies that comes into circulation for a little bit. Um, people worry and then it's it's over before you know it like with tammy flu everyone was going to get their bird flu um vaccine and then it was over it was it was just like a flash in the pan if you know what i mean um in thailand they were wearing face covers in the streets and me and fran were like oh, that's a bit weird but they were just kind of had the chinese new year so people from china must have been there as tourists so it's understandable that thailand are going to be a bit more cautious because china is one of their biggest sources of tourism we were watching the news every now and again just to see what was going on to keep ourselves updated we never watched the news any other time like but we were following social media quite a bit when we were out there because you know that's the only connection to you when you're halfway around the world and a pandemic starting it's a bit it's a bit, it's a bit hard um so flyby went bust and it was a kind of sign to me that i i knew full well that free movement would be in in question like and we didn't know how bad it was but first notice there was something completely different when we'd go on a train or a bus or in a taxi or something and when you sneeze or 
cough, which is a, a normal bodily reaction thing to do. People would move out of the way, like they'd they'd literally just dive out of the way from something that you've already put into the air. Just makes me laugh because people were just like coming up with silly reasons to why they were coughing, why they were sneezing. Oh, I've had a bit of a tickle in my throat. It's not the Rona. So one of the people I worked with, she was saying, oh, well, you're in Asia, so you're going to have to isolate for two weeks. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I've had two weeks holiday and then another two weeks off. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't understand what isolating meant, so I was a bit naive about that one. But I think towards the end of the first week, I just turned off my phone completely and thought, no, we're going to have the holiday of our dreams in Thailand, knowing that we're going to have to go back to a country. It was probably the complete opposite to the laid back paradise that Thailand is. So we went to Chumphon, we got the ferry over to Koh Yang, and then got the ferry over to Koh Samui, and then got the plane back to Bangkok and stayed a few nights exploring Bangkok a bit more. And the whole thing, especially the islands, the beauty of that place, it is paradise. And that's why they call it the land of smiles, because to me, the energy is just, it is phenomenal. Like the people, the culture. So if you look at someone and you don't smile, then it's as if you're kind of, being rude in a sense so a lot of the time if you make eye contact you smile so you just find yourself smiling the whole time it's an experience that i would recommend to anybody if they had the opportunity to go it's a promised land it well to me it is anyway but my life has never been the same since the first time i went and a, and a friend kind of um paid for my flight to go um I wouldn't have had that opportunity to go when I was younger if it weren't for him and had the most amazing time it was a boys holiday and yeah it was a bit different to the one that me and Fran had but um yeah it was it was fantastic um got some made some really good friends out of it as well that'll last a lifetime and they're just memories I'll never forget so knowing you're coming from a place like that to going back to a place where it's inevitable we're going to be locked down for a while. And you usually have post-holiday blues, but this was a different story. Like forced ourselves to get on the plane and the flight over to the stopover weren't too bad. Um, we just fell asleep for most of it. But then we got to the stopover airport and they lined us up, took out our passports, um, copied our passports and took us into a room which was very clinical and a lot of these strangers you didn't even know. So they photocopy your passport, give you a swab and you have to go into a cubicle they make you fill out these forms to say if you've had symptoms of sore throat, cough, sneezing, high temperature or fever. And then the bloke takes out the swab and without even asking, just 
puts it up your nose like so far up it's probably touching the brain or something it, it felt really invasive and I just thought that's violating my human rights like I didn't ask for that I didn't consent for that and I said to him does everyone have to do this and he said yes sir and like no one was asking questions everyone was just kind of lining up to get this swab that they didn't even know about before and no one no one told us that we had to have anything and kind of Fran was in the background saying Carl just do it we need to get home just do it and I'm there just feeling absolutely violated like my nose is absolutely stinging and I'm just thinking well where was my human rights there I think I, I know I'm in a different country but surely it's universal you've just forced me to have something pushed up my orifices that I didn't even ask for that's violation so we got home and we were notified that kind of you have to stay in the same room and you have to kind of stay away from your family members stay away from the family members you're even living with so from having a beautiful experience on holiday to staying in a room that you can't leave made me feel really low and I know a lot of people get post-holiday blues but this was a different scale to me I just thought I, I, I want to be back there there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now but Thailand I could have stayed there I wish and and Fran says this all the time like we wish that the plane was cancelled and we just stayed over there and made a living over there because I think mentally we'd be so much better off but I said to Fran we need to really work on ourselves this year because she was just qualifying to be an OT um, she was just about to get a new job and we made a pact together to say that we'd really really work on ourselves this year and move out um, do all the things that we said we were going to do and there were so many goals that we'd achieved and we just thought no we're not going to let ourselves be victims here we're going to live life as normal as possible and make the most of it and yet i don't believe in a lot of this stuff or the way that it was kind of approached by the government and things but but you've got to adapt and you've got to make the most of the time that you've got left here because I think even if you're not scared of it even if you're not in fear of Covid and you know the pandemic it really kind of puts your mortality under a microscope and makes you think well I'm not here forever so if life wasn't the party you came here for then why not dance anyway you know we've got to make the most of what we've got we've got to savor those little moments that we do have so it just put a lot of things in perspective for me and kind of made me push 
everything I have into the passions that I have. I think a lot of people had to dig deep to just find what made them happy. So if you take consumerism out of the mix, you take vanity out of the mix, you take um, most of the social structures that we've got out, out of the mix, and you've, you realised how shallow and how easily deconstructed these social systems actually are. Like these economies can be collapsed at any minute. If you're living in a world that's so easily ripped from you then it doesn't mean anything so me I kind of went a bit more creative in looking to my guitar as like an expression of what my human experience is so most of the time um, writing songs and um, playing covers in a band I would always either find myself playing I'd, I'd pick up my guitar or my bass guitar and start playing what I thought someone else wanted to hear but having that time and space to myself that I wasn't influenced by other people other musicians other people's opinions and their styles of playing it kind of brought me into a more spiritual place like in in a flow state when I was playing my guitar it was more like an extension of me whenever I picked up my guitar there'd be a new song um, a new riff and it's been amazing for my ideas it helped me fall in love with music again and I really learned how to be comfortable with myself in a flow state just writing music for me I think this was intensified because of my frustrations of not being able to get to a gym or to kind of exercise that I, as I would like to do. Because, you know, going on a walk or going on a bit of a run, doing a bit of a home workout, it's, it's not really what I was interested in doing. I just wanted to really lift heavy weights, you know, and that's usually how I get my frustration out. But I felt myself kind of going into my guitar a lot more for the, for them stress-relieving states. I was doing night shifts, so when I'd have a night off, I'd, so I'd sleep through the day and then stay up through the night and just write. Um, but obviously silently with a, um electric guitar, so it doesn't make really any sound. I was doing it downstairs as well. And just really get into terms with how different my creativity was. Um, I was finding different styles of music that I've, I've never been interested in jazz before and that really became kind of a stable base for what I'd write my music on, which is it's, it's an odd thing for me to kind of admit because I've always been a rocker and jazz is always kind of a bit too... Um, formal if you know what I mean for, for writing music but I I got really interested in um, lo-fi hip hop music so that's kind of based on a hip hop beat with kind of a, like a, a jazz feel but then everything 
EQ'd to a very low frequency so it'd be kind of like as if you were hearing it off a cassette tape and it's been really quite popular with people who work from home because they've got more control of what they listen to in the office and this sort of music can kind of bring on more productivity with writing a lot of people use it for well especially a lot of students use it for um writing assignments it's just easier when you've got music that doesn't have any lyrics behind them it it just helps you um get into a a better state of mind because you're not thinking about what the lyrics are saying and they're not distracting you from the words you're actually trying to write if you know what I mean so I'll just stand there doing the washing up on my days off for hours um really slowly just watching out the window watching this video with lo-fi music on um watching the world go by and it's like background music I, I absolutely loved it because it just helped me feel comfortable feel sometimes it'll bring up emotions like they're usually very short songs probably about two minutes and they can probably take you through four or five different emotions um through throughout the time that you're listening to them just by the way something sounds by the way it feels going um it's usually a loop that's going over and over with different little bits added in and I I just found it really relaxing and if I was to go to a nap within probably about two or three tracks I'd be absolutely fast asleep. I found my music taste on what I could be um, listening to had changed completely just because I didn't really um, follow much of what was going on in the charts and kind of popular culture i was just kind of searching for a lot of different alternative stuff that i wouldn't usually listen to um and broadening your horizons it's always a really good thing because you don't know what you're missing out on if you if you haven't tried that music before like for a long time i'd say up until my late 20s i was blinkered with what i'd listened to yeah i'd listened to quite a good range of things but There'd be quite a few genres that I would kind of say a hard no to, but I think sometimes that just that just comes with age and you stop trying to be cool and you form less opinions and judgments on yourself when you're kind of breaking these boundaries and there's just no point in closing yourself off to something when you don't know if you even like it or not. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll say, oh, no, I don't listen to any of that because that's not, you know, what I like. But if I actually sat down and listened to it, then I might like some some parts of that genre. You know, a, a genre is just a genre because someone pigeonholed them into that. Sometimes they don't even fit into that genre, but because of famous DJs say that they fit into that genre, then I can speak about music all day. Um, there's there's a few things that I'll speak about which have helped me. And definitely, like, through personal growth, um, I've 
watched a lot of informative videos or documentaries, kind of just trying to expand my knowledge. I've been doing a lot of research on medical journals and trying to up my knowledge that way because you probably will never have this time again to really delve into these subjects and sometimes you just find yourself a bit bored and I think I'm just going to take my mind this way for a bit. So we did a bit of a question and answer and a few people said that they watched back-to-back Game of Thrones and um, Tiger King. That was kind of a show that everyone was talking about at one point. I still haven't seen that. I I, I still can't even comment on that because I haven't seen it. I think uh, Fran will agree with me here. We um we just don't watch popular stuff. We'll watch something um that was popular three years ago. You know, we we'll be quite late to the bandwagon. A lot of the time, we'll we'll probably end up liking it, but um, it'll take us a while to actually watch it or do something like that. But um, Disney Plus definitely dropped at the right time, didn't it? Like, we've played Moana and Frozen 2 to death. Most of the time, we watch Moana before we go to sleep, and it's still on until we, you know, wake up the next day sometimes, just on repeat. Um so yeah, they are one of the things that have really helped us. Um, I think Disney have got that kind of charm of it can just help you get away from stuff, can't it? It can just help you live in a different world for a little while. I think a lot of people go through um, that with books, um, just become a different character. You know, we use so much for escapism, but a lot of the time we're not savouring the moment, like my friend said the other day. You can think about work after you've done what you're trying to escape. Save for that moment for a bit. You might not even get this time again to be able to take that break from work. And being asked to and being paid to take that time off work. It's a godsend for some people. You know, the people who have the opportunity to do that. Don't waste it. Another person said that... They were relying on games to kind of get them through the day. So they'd turn on a game and that would pass the day. It would pass the the time that they were thinking about stuff, ruminating on stuff and kind of having a bad time in their lives. But they could just put on a game and just check out of life. And people give... You know, get the game in society quite quite a bit of a a negative light when sometimes it's just escapism, like everything else, like music, like books, like TV. We're all just trying to get out of this this life, just check out for a little while, and that's all right. That's normal. That's just kind of daydreaming, if you if you will, and. A lot of people would be lying if they said that they didn't do this, that they didn't escape. You know, people who say that they're, you know, completely motivated, completely um, focused on what's going on in their life, they still have to visualise stuff. Like, biggest athletes, they still have to escape sometimes. And sometimes they use their fitness and their kind of... um, what they're trying to achieve sometimes they have to use that as their escape you know just because we're we're doing stuff that 
doesn't feel productive to us, if that gives you your own well-being, then power to it. Just keep on doing what makes you feel good. Um, obviously, a lot of people did a bit too much of that, especially at the start of it when they kind of found they had a lot more free time and they was um, drinking a lot more alcohol and, you know, losing a bit of vision of kind of where the life was going, doing what makes you feel good and knowing that kind of it's a detriment to you if you take it too far, then obviously try and avoid that as much as you can. But yeah, I think I just wanted to like sum up the year of 2020 because it's just been a such a roller coaster of a ride you know you had um black lives matter you had a lot of things that were really kind of pushing everyone to to make a positive change in the world you know to to see things from a different point of view a different angle you know a lot of the social structures are kind of broken down at the minute so there's opportunity for a fair playing ground you know we've got the opportunity to make a better world we've got that fighting spirit that every human has got and we just need to find it deep inside and realize that we're all the same we're all here trying to get through life as best as we know how we can only work with what we're given with what we know and what we're trying to find out we just need to understand each other a bit more if you don't know where someone's coming from please don't try and make that assumption because it, it can do a lot more damage than it can good and a bombardment from the media who are not reporting the facts properly and I think to have such a voice to billions of people, you need to have a duty of care there, especially when it comes to health care and fear of people's lives. The facts need to be reported appropriately, don't they? Well, at least you'd think. And I know I'm going to probably rub people up the wrong way about speaking with the media like this, but... They need to have a responsibility to, to what they're putting out there or at least how it's delivered because some people are so afraid and so anxious that they'll probably never, never live life the same again. You know, you need to be really sensitive on people's fears and it is just dredging up a lot of deep-rooted traumas. The reason why it's affected a lot of people negatively mentally is because the media has handed us the weapons saying you're selfish or you won't fit into society if you don't have this or you don't do this or you don't wear that. That's an abusive relationship. That is somebody telling you what you can't do, what you have to wear and you'll be imprisoned and you won't be a member of society if you do otherwise. So what I'm challenging you to do is have a little bit of compassion, have a little bit of empathy on the street, say when you see someone not wearing a mask or not wearing a face cover, just think of why they might not be doing that. One, it's their human right. Two, they could be going through some trauma. 
you know, imagine if you had a phobia of spiders or a phobia of heights. Imagine seeing that and imagine experiencing that every time you leave the house, every time you go to the shops, every time you go to the pub, every time you go anywhere, your trauma is there in front of you. You shouldn't be expected to wear a spider on your face or, you know, jump from a highest height. You shouldn't be expected to if that's what your fear is. And no one's going to force you to do that because that's why there's exemptions. But for some reason, we've become divided. We should probably be focusing more on helping, trying to give back and maybe smiling at someone to help them get through the day that they're having because we're all having a really tough time at the moment and we're just trying to get through this hard period as much as we can and with other people trying to force their opinions on you it's not healthy so i think one of the um biggest things that happened in 2020 was the suicide of caroline flack and everyone was saying be kind and i know there's a lot of people who are a lot more connected now but if I can get someone to kind of think of things from a different point of view than they might have not done any other time, then I'm happy with that because it means that I've provoked thought and that needs to be done a lot more, not just going along with what somebody tells you to think. Actually try and filter out the information that's trying to come in Because you can't believe everything that you hear or see, can you? A lot of people tell you not to have these conversations and, you know, to just kind of avoid it because it's kind of awkward. But if we don't have these conversations and we don't have these um, kind of discussions, then we open ourselves up to a lot of manipulation and just kind of going with a common goal when you don't have to. There's always a choice. If there's a choice that you have to do something, then there's always a choice that you don't have to do something. Things aren't as black and white in this world and you do have a choice. We're all free, sovereign human beings and no one can take that away from us. If someone's trying to, then they're probably doing it from quite a controlling way. So I'm just asking for people to think before they let someone do something or try something because you do have a choice, you have a voice, everybody does. Just use it, stand up for what you believe in and if there's anyone that tries to tell you different, try and engage the conversation. Don't just close it off because they don't think the same thing as you. Just try and have a little bit more of an open mind because You never know what the other person thinking, so be kind. Thank you for listening, and if this information was valuable to you, or you think it might be for somebody else, then like, comment, or share. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To get more of this content, hit that subscribe button, and if you're watching on YouTube, ring that bell. It'll notify you every time we upload. Check out our weekly blog at mind-fruit.co.uk. We hope to see you next week for Wellbeing Wednesday.